Are you an overwhelmed entrepreneur with endless tasks, emails, and messages? Do you feel your systems are ineffective or you don't have any at all? I get it. You wish you could come up for air and take that well-deserved vacation you've been dreaming of, all without sacrificing the growth or health of your business. I'm hosting a webinar to introduce concepts that you can use to learn more about how to clockwork your business for operational efficiency. The best part? The webinar is at no cost to you. It will be held May 14th at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and a recording will be available for those who can't attend live. If you are ready to make a change in your business so you can take a real vacation, go to bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF to enroll. That's bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF. I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to Biz Help for You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. But there always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here's your host, Candy Messer. Hello and welcome to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, Be a Confident, Strengths-Based Leader, informative. If you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, links can be found on our YouTube and Facebook pages, as well as multiple favorite podcast platforms. If you'd like to receive notifications on when our podcasts have been uploaded, please like and subscribe. And if there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to me at media at abandp.com. Now let's learn a little bit about our guest today. Liz Wolf is a business coach, author, and speaker who coaches entrepreneurs to get unstuck so that they can launch and grow an abundant business. She got her entrepreneurial start growing up on a sheep farm in Western Pennsylvania with her mother and two sisters. Later, she moved to New York City, where she created a successful computer consulting business with her husband, John. Eventually, she transitioned out of the technology business to coaching business owners to develop an abundance mindset. She recently published a book, The Power of Asking, How Your Reluctance to Ask Puts Your Business at Risk. Liz says that one of her greatest accomplishments is staying married to her husband for 25 years while running a business with him. Always eager to get in front of a crowd, Liz also plays the ukulele and is half of the singing duo Eucalicious. So Liz, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, Candy. I'm so happy to be here. Well, I'm looking forward to this interview too. And the topic, the description sounds amazing. Very interesting. Something that I haven't really talked about before. Um, But before we get into the questions that I have for you, I'd love for you to just tell me a little bit more about yourself and how did you get started as an entrepreneur? Yeah, well, that's a a great question. And I don't know if you got the joke as you were reading my bio, but my last name is Wolf and I grew up on Mm -hmm. a sheep farm. So (laughs) I just want you to know that I've heard all the jokes um, and that uh, that's my story. My mother, when she was about five years old, decided that she had had enough of city life 
And she, with my father, moved to a farm out in Western Pennsylvania. And about three years later, my father decided, I am not a farmer. So he went back to his Westinghouse job. And uh, my my mother and my two sisters um, and myself, we had we became entrepreneurs. Now, that was not a word you talked about in the 70s. You know, you didn't talk about being an entrepreneur. You talked about survival family farms, you know, that was the kind of thing that we did. But um, we ended up making a lot of products from the wool, spinning, uh, weaving, knitting. We we sh took the sheep to festivals and sh sheared them. And so we were a little bit of a, of a, a sensation, you know, a newsworthy sensation around there. Uh, so, but that was my beginnings of being an entrepreneur, you know, at age 11 to be dressing up in a colonial outfit and going and spinning wool for people for money, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and eventually I, you know, do not actually, I didn't want to be a farmer per se. So I eventually moved to New York City and then I, I just had a life, you know, it's never going to be a job for me. I've had jobs, but it was never going to be just a job. I just, I did not have that kind of training growing up. And unfortunately, my mother did not do well. Uh, eventually, you know, she did not fare well. She eventually had to declare bankruptcy. I'm, I'm giving you the short story. And, uh, you know, I had my own business, very successful. And then it, it, it was more of a calling for me. I, I always feel that if only my mother had had someone like me who mm. could take their business experience and share it with her and coach her, we could have done a much, much better. And she didn't have that. So that's who I like to be for people now in my business. I think that's important too, because I mean, we all make mistakes in business, but yes, if we'd had a mentor who could guide us and say, Hey, these are the things I've done and what worked, what didn't, that's definitely helpful. So um, I understand exactly where you're coming from. I feel the same. So but uh, I want to get into, you know, obviously the topic for today. And it sounds like, you know, why you, you know, became a coach for entrepreneurs is mainly because of the situation that you saw with your family. And you want to make sure that business owners have an abundant business. So I would love to talk about the three keys that you talk about to bring about that abundant business. Yes, the three keys to an abundant business. So this, again, I learned through my own experience of having a business, which I've had for 25 years with my husband. And, you know, there's this idea that we, we have as entrepreneurs, we have this idea that number one, you're supposed to work really, really hard, right? We always hear about that. Like it's the hard, right? the hardworking. I did, I did another podcast and, the, and when I talked about, you know, it's all about working hard. And he said, yeah, there was a study done that people that work hard make 50% more money. And I'm like, okay, that's not my point. Uh, you know? <laughs> right. And that may be true, but it doesn't, we have to look at everything to see, you know, right. why people are making 50% more money. But one of the things we think is if I work really hard and have really good time management. So we think that that's a key. Another key that I hear people talk about a lot is the idea that they have, um, expertise or experience. So maybe they go and get certified or they, a lot of newer entrepreneurs don't want to charge money because they think, well, I don't have the experience. How can I justify that? So we have this idea about experience and get to know the right people, right? So oh, right. Why we're always going to, and, and go to networking events. I'm not saying don't go to networking events, but those, those I look at as like tools in your entrepreneurial toolbox. 
that if you do your best to stay focused and productive and and sure network and all that's great but the problem with those three keys that most people think are the keys is they're all outside of me in other words i have to what if i haven't met the person or what if i don't have the certification or what if i'm really bad at time management does that mean Mm -hmm. i have to spend all my energy focusing on being getting more disciplined so I've thrown those out, or at least I've put them in my toolbox. I've put them aside. Right. And what I've focused on are the three things that I know that I can influence, which is the following. Number one, ask powerfully. So how can you get what you want if you don't even ask for what you want? Uh, mm-hmm. This shows up in sales conversations. It shows up in just getting you know better deals on things, um, even just being willing to email your list to say, hi, I'm out there. Come, come join me. That's ask powerfully. And then the second key, which is a little surprising is give wholeheartedly. So we think, oh, I ask, I receive, but actually there's an intermediary step or key where you're giving. So if you want referrals, give referrals. If you want money, give money. And then the third key is to receive graciously. That's the third key. And the receiving and graciously go together. The gracious part is about gratitude. Um, If I'm doing a longer session, I break that out into four different parts, but the part where everybody says, oh, I'm so up for receiving. Yeah, bring it on. And then, you know, somebody gives us a compliment and we're like, "Mm, not me, don't talk to me. So those are the three keys and that's only the very surface of them. I wanted to present them first. Right. Well, and I think when you're talking about, here's one of the things that people think it is, but it's not, is about, you know, the time and working harder. But I do think that sometimes there are some that think, well, I'll just be here. I'll put, you know, the word out on social media and sales are going to come. Right. So you still do have to put in the work, but like you're saying, it's not like you have to work yourself to death. Right. And to be able to get that success. So I think there's a little bit of a balance on that, too, because I think sometimes people can go to one extreme or the other. Yeah, we're not just sitting here going, OK, I'm ready. Please come to me. You know, that's because the power of attraction. Right. You know, so mm-hmm. and that, that's great. That's great, too. Um, I'm with you again. I look at it like a tool in my toolbox. Nothing <laughs> is going to happen if I don't get up in the morning and, and do something. That's for right. sure. But how I'm being with it in that process will will make a big difference. Right. Well, and I think the ask powerfully is important, too, because I think sometimes we're a little intimidated. And so maybe the way that we're asking isn't really clear on what we need. So I don't know if maybe you could even touch on explaining when you're asking, like, what's the best way to get your point across in a way that's not pushy either, you know, but you're not also coming across as quiet and intimidated. Right. Okay. I'm just writing a couple of words down. I don't want to forget. So first of all, ask powerfully is what I mean by that is to be specific, to be Mm -hmm. specific about what you want. Um, I always say it's not related to business, but I always say the reason I own five ukuleles and yes, I own five ukuleles <laughs> it's because I asked for them. I asked for them when it was Christmas, it was my birthday. Like I've, I asked for them. I, and, mm-hmm. and by the way, they're all different ukuleles. I just want you to know there are five different types of ukuleles and I just have one of each, which seems reasonable to a ukulele player. Um, mm-hmm. So, but because I asked for them, 
You know, <laughs> I said it was my birthday and my husband would say, is there something you want? Yeah, I want a baritone ukulele and that's what I want. So that's a why I didn't just say, oh, go research ukuleles, honey. No, I went online. I found the ukulele link. I sent it to him and I said, this is the one I want. So another example of that is with the way we get very wishy-washy when we're on sales calls with people. Um, we do not ask very specifically. So would you like to work with me? Or so are you ready to buy? Or so is that within your budget? You know, all those little (laughs) things that we write and you mentioned it, you said, we don't want to seem pushy (laughs) and asking specifically is not being pushy. It's being clear. That's what it's being. It's being clear. And that's a big difference. And then I'll just, add one more thing and I'm interested to hear your your thoughts the the other thing that we're most afraid of that's kind of the opposite of the pushy is we're afraid of rejection so we don't want to ask specifically about because we don't want somebody to say you know reject our specific idea right but I guess if you aren't even giving them the opportunity to say yes or no, then you just have them hanging in the balance and like, you still don't have the sale per se, but you don't know, are you ever going to or not? So I think we just have to get enough confidence to be able to just ask, like you said, ask the question, give them, you know, clear opportunities to work with you. And if it's not the right fit, that's fine. Like there's no issue with not being able to work together. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the product or the service you have. It just doesn't fit their needs maybe at the moment, mm-hmm. maybe ever, but it's in the long run, it's best for both of you because you're not going to be able to meet their needs. And then it would have a negative situation where you can avoid that now by finding out, you know, now it's not the right time or now it's not the right product or service maybe ever. I think it is good to get that answer. But like you said, no one likes to feel like they're being rejected. Yes. And there's so many things in what you said. So you said getting confidence. And what is the way you get confidence as you practice? Mm-hmm. So I do, uh, a, I don't, haven't done it recently because of COVID, but I do a weekend workshop called the Abundance Breakthrough Course. And everyone's invited once I have it again. And we spend quite a bit of time on asking And one of the things that I do is I have them do an actual exercise where they're with a buddy and they're practicing asking. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to tell you the details just in case you ever Mm -hmm. do it, but it's really confronting. It's Mm -hmm. very confronting for people to ask. So practicing is really, really important. And you can practice by asking for little things first. Just ask for things, you know please pass the salt. I mean, it's silly, but true. I had a client who said he was at a restaurant and he didn't have any salt on his table. And so he looked over at the other table and he said, may I borrow the salt? And he said, it was like so nerve wracking for him because he was <laughs> part and it's, it's just salt, right? So practice and right. getting confidence in that. And then to mm-hmm. follow up with what you said about fitting your need, people are not rejecting you. People will only buy from you if your product or service solves their problem, they don't mm-hmm. even care about you. I got news for everybody. Right. They don't care about you. They only care about, are you solving my problem? Right. And I think once you realize that too, it is a little bit easier than to make that ask even because you're just saying, here's what I offer. And if you need it, great. If not, okay, we at least know <laughs> that we're not. And maybe we know somebody else that can actually be a resource for them and provide that information. Right. Right. Which is really, 
really well that goes you're leading right into the give give wholeheartedly now which Mm -hmm. is that the second part would be could you even pass that along to somebody else i did that recently and uh the man that i you know obviously the woman that i referred to was happy but the man himself was so happy because Mm -hmm. the, the person looking for a coach was so happy because he said this other person will solve my problem instead of me saying, mm-hmm. well, I can't help you. And that was, right. you know, that was like awesome. We all felt great at the end of that. Exactly. So I would love to start talking about some of the mistakes that you see entrepreneurs making then, because, you know, now you're talking about these three different keys and we're focusing sometimes on the wrong things. Um, but are there other keys or are there other things that you're seeing that entrepreneurs are doing wrong? Well, one of the things we touched on earlier, which I is that I think people think they need more, especially newer entrepreneurs, they think they need more experience than they really mm-hmm. do. Um, right. I, I had actually a client recently, you know, and this is very typical. People will say, well, I can't charge for my services because I just don't have that much experience. Or I'm just starting out. Or a really mm-hmm. common one that I hear is, well, I haven't figured it all out yet. So how are you expecting that I'm supposed to be helping other people. And once again, people don't, I mean, they're going to look at you and say, did you figure this out? Like it's beneficial to me that I've been in business for 25 years because people look at my success as a business owner. Obviously we want to be around people that have been successful, but again, what they really want to know is, can you solve my problem for me? Mm -hmm. And just because you haven't figured it all out, doesn't mean that you can't solve problem for people. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. I've actually heard where somebody has said, you just need to be a couple steps ahead of them to be able to guide them. You know, you don't have to have done everything, but I think a lot of times we feel, you know, there's the term, the imposter syndrome, right? Like, oh, well, we're saying that we can help, but you know, we're not so confident yet. We're seeing other people who are great at it and we're feeling, you know, not so great about ourselves. And I think sometimes even, that can come from outside of us too. So if you're feeling like, oh, I have to have more experience. You know, I had a situation when I was new starting my business. I'd been doing it kind of home-based for a few years, but I opened an office and I had a client who we were helping uh, him with his um, payroll. And he had had a CPA that did the bookkeeping and the tax and everything. And that person passed away. And so my client said, oh, I want you to take over the bookkeeping. And the person who bought the business is a CPA down here. Can you go pick up my stuff? And when I walked in, the guy looked down his nose at me. You know, I was in my probably late 20s or so, maybe early 30s at that point too. But he looked down the nose and who do you think you are? You're going to be able to help this client. You're not a CPA. You're not, you know, and he was trying to make me feel like, you know, the lowest of the low. And thankfully, like, I realized like that person has an issue, like his CPA, you know, after his name was super important to him. And so anyone else that didn't have that, he was going to look down upon, but that doesn't mean that I don't know my stuff, you know, and that I wasn't able to help that client. I could help my client and I helped him for many, many years until he retired. So, but I think sometimes that feeling of not good enough comes because other people tell us that. Mm. Yeah, our entire life, by the way. <laughs> you know, I, I was just reading a Facebook post of a friend of mine who's uh, quite significant in his leadership in his industry. And he said, 
Yes. Um, note to teacher who in fifth grade told me I was best off sit, shutting up and sitting down, you know, and like that I should just keep my mouth shut. Thanks. You know, um, by the way, that is a big reason, complete side note. I am a ukulele evangelist, right? I want to help people. I, I want to play with people. I want music in the world. So I will always carry two of my ukuleles with me anywhere I go. And you can't believe how many people probably listening to this right now will say, I'm not, I'm not musical. I'm not musical. And I, and 90 times out of 99 out of 100 people, when I ask, why do you think you're not musical? Somebody told them to stand in the back and sing softly. Right. Somebody, somebody, whether their family, a teacher, it, it's astonishing to me how many music teachers tell kids to be quiet or be in the mm -hmm. back. And if you're a music teacher and you're listening to this, I, it's not personal. I just, that's the stories that I'm hearing. So right. uh, back to the imposter syndrome and being, I, I always will say to my clients, you're, I'm in the, you're in the one step ahead program. I'm one step ahead of you. Everything you're doing, I'm doing. I'm growing my email list. I'm getting clients. I'm doing everything I can to be um, in the same way you are. So, but, and that's all that's needed because again, people are only focused on themselves. They're not focused on the problems you're having in your business. Right. And the more you can figure out in your business, the better you can help other people. Right. So when you also talked about, you know, the asking powerfully, it is you need to be clear in your ask, you know, maybe someone thinks that they're being clear, but really it's not, you know, or they're giving too many options, or maybe they're only giving one option. Like, what would you tell an entrepreneur about how they can improve how they're asking for that sale or how they're asking for a referral or like any of those kind of things that they might need? What can they do to improve how they're asking? Yeah, what believe it or not, one really important way is to actually be quiet and listen to people. It's it's remarkable how little listening that we do. Mm -hmm. And the if you ask a question and you're not getting the response you're expecting, or if you've you've asked and you're not getting you know getting either what you expect or hope for, mm -hmm. then uh it you know it's really great to ask for feedback and then listen to the feedback so let's say i was on a sales call i might say uh you know so are you interested in buying my coaching services or do you want the mary Kay makeup or whatever it is and if they say um i'm thinking about it or yes or no whatever they say just ask them you know how can you elaborate on that can you can you tell me a little bit more if you are thinking about it, why you would? We tend to want to try to figure out why people wouldn't, but it's really mm -hmm. helpful if we can help people to try to figure out why they would. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I'm thinking I'm not sure yet. Oh, great. It sounds like you might have some interest. Tell me more about the interest that you have about wh why you might want to do it or, um, you know, because sometimes people will be wishy-washy because that seems to be my word of the day, wishy-washy. But sometimes they'll be wishy-washy because they they don't know how to say no. And if you can help people to get to an, more of an answer, that right. that is really helpful too. Right. Well, and I think, like I said, I've heard that sometimes people just give too many options, you know, like, so here's like the top 10 things that I offer. And, you know, and I've heard, you know, them say that like a confused mind just doesn't make a decision. So, 
what would you tell someone then too that says, but I have all these great products or services and I really want to like give them all the options. Like what would you say to help them narrow that down or, you know, maybe change so they have different offers? Like what could you recommend for that? Yeah. I think in my experience, three is a good number so that uh, you can give, and you'll see this on websites. Like if you go to um, even Netflix or one of those sites, right? Mm-hmm. Where they have, they'll say the basic plan, the, the, the middle plan and the premium plan. And then right. the middle plan is the sort of highlighted, you know, it's like pulled out a bit. And that's because most people will pick the middle one. So mm-hmm. I offer my coaching in three months, six months, or nine months, or sometimes three, six, or 12, depending on the person. And, but I recommend people start with the six month coaching program, partly because I know that works. Sometimes people pick the three, sometimes people pick the 12, but mostly people pick the six. I, you just don't want to, people do not want more choices. They want to know the right thing to do. And, and they want help having, Mm -hmm. knowing what's best, right? People will come to me and say, well, how, and they'll often will say, well, how long would, you know, is it going to be effective to work together? Is this like, you know, a month or is it five years? Like, right. what are we talking here? And so by me saying from my experience, this is what I have found to be most helpful for people is to start with this. And then some people continue and some people that was just enough. And, and we work it out at, at that point. Right. But they, they are Actually, coming to you to, mm-hmm. to have those choices. Go ahead. Right. Well, I was going to say, I interviewed someone a couple of weeks ago on a podcast that was talking about like influence and things like that too. And he said, you know, there is this conception that the customer is always right, but in some situations, maybe they're not. And it's your job basically to educate them, to help them know what is best for them in that situation. So giving more details, more of an explanation for them to really understand what you're offering so that they can make an educated decision, because if they don't have all the information, they might not make the best decision for themselves and miss out on something that really would benefit them. Absolutely. Yeah. As again, people are coming to you because you're the expert in what mm-hmm. you're saying you're the expert in, and they want to hear from you. They want to know. And it's a little bit like, you know, little kids. I remember once mm-hmm. going to, I have two children, but I remember once before I had children and therefore knew everything about children, ha ha, uh, you know, watching a man uh, standing in line at like a kind of a little fast food thing. Uh, and he's asking, so what, so, you know, your three-year-old, would you, would, do you want hot dogs or do you want chicken nuggets or whatever? And I'm thinking to myself, does that child know whether he wants a hot dog or chicken nuggets or a hamburger, probably not. Like maybe don't give him that choice. Maybe just say we're having hot dogs today and then find out what the response is. So that's narrowing it down maybe a little too much. But I, the, the point is, is that more choices do not necessarily, um, it's, it's, too, it's too broad. People can't grasp that. And what right. do you think is most going to be impactful for them? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's really good information as well, too, because I think sometimes we do feel like, oh, well, let's just give them a little bit of information, let them make a decision. But if they don't have all the details that will help them really understand all of the benefits and the value that they're going to get from those services or the products that you're offering, then they might not understand what the best situation is for them. So I think it all comes back to confidence and knowing that 
you know what the products and services are going to do and sharing that without feeling that you have to sell, right? You're not trying to sell, you're trying to just explain the benefits and let the customer understand if that's a good fit for them or not, you know? And then again, if that doesn't work, if you know of something that might be a better fit, sharing that information so that they can get, you know, what they need and kind of going from there. Um, but I did want to touch on the receiving gracefully uh, yes. because a lot of times we have a problem with that too. <laughs> you yes, know? So, we do big time. So, so being gracious and saying, if someone gives a compliment sometimes too, and like you say that we're saying like, Oh, it is no big deal, you know, or something. Oh, it, it wasn't that much, you know, it didn't take too much time out of, you know, like we have a hard time graciously receiving compliments or the things that are being offered to us too. So how can you help us be better at that aspect? Yeah, well, we've been sold a bill of goods that doesn't, that's incorrect, which is this phrase that you've heard a thousand times, which is better to give than receive. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that is absolutely false. And I'll tell you why it's scientifically false. You cannot give unless somebody receives. Giving cannot occur without receiving, literally. Mm -hmm. Have you ever tried to give, you know, bring a a Christmas gift for some, you know, or a little gift for someone at their party or something? And they're like, oh, you didn't have to. Well, thanks, but I did. I did do it, Mm -hmm. right? So so it isn't, there's, they are equal energetic experiences. So giving and receiving are part of the same energy. And so part of it is the, again, it's practicing receiving and the graciously part is thank you. Thank all you have to do is say, thank you. And then, Mm -hmm. and then that's, then the the giving has occurred. Um, Mm -hmm. So the, the part about receiving, and I was thinking about this this morning, you know, I, I have um, just a couple of house plants. I'm not a, even if I grew up on a farm, I'm, I'm not a great green thumb. I don't, I forget to water them, right? And if you've ever noticed, if, you, if any of you out there have house plants and you don't water your plant, you know, when you pour the water in to water it, well, what happens? Typically speaking, when the wa- when this dirt is dry, the water just runs right through it. I always take my plants to the sink because I know that the water is just going to go right through it. And that's because the context of the soil the, the environment of the soil is not, can't absorb it. It's too dry. And that's what receiving is the same thing. It does not matter how much wealth you receive if you cannot receive it or how much wealth comes your way, I should say, if you can't receive it the same way a plant, if you do water it consistently, have, as I've learned, and you pour a little more water in, it just, just absorbs, just like a sponge, right? A dry mm-hmm. sponge cannot absorb water as well as a damp sponge can. It's very interesting. We are the same way. You got to think of yourself as the sponge. And that's true too. I mean, sometimes we'll hear the example of you can't give from an empty cup, right? So you have to fill yourself up. So, you know, you got to do something for yourself too. We take care of, you know, ourselves, we could take care of others. So you sometimes hear it in that aspect, which is still hard, right? As moms or as business women or something, sometimes we feel we're just like going and it's really hard to stop and relax and actually have self-care, right? Um, but usually that's when we hear about it is you need to kind of take care of yourself so you could continue to take care of others. But sometimes we don't always think of the actually receiving, whether 
you know, that's a compliment, whether it's a gift, whether it's a referral, whatever that might be. So just building the strength in all of these different aspects, you know, of asking, you know, giving, receiving, I think, you know, it's yeah. sometimes a little bit difficult, but it's like a muscle that we can develop, right? Yeah. Well, why is the cup empty? You have to ask yourself, why is the cup empty? I guarantee you that if we were really examine that, uh, there'd be some no receiving occurring there, mm. like asking for help. Right. For whatever reason, people don't like asking for help. It mm-hmm. It is... Uh, it's a matter of honor, you know, as we were taught, especially if you're a man, there's a lot of like, I should be able to do it myself. I had this with my kids, you know, my son, um, in high school, I'd be like, go to your teacher and ask him for help. I should be able to do it by myself, mom. No, actually, Mm. you're not supposed to do it by yourself. That's what the (laughs) teachers are for. Right. Uh, Right. And you know, this idea of a self-made millionaire is whatever self-made business person. No, Mm -hmm. nobody does it by themselves. So if the cup is empty, you could you could go with well i'm giving 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 or you could look at where am i not receiving where mm-hmm. could i be asking for help and i am not because we don't right. we don't do it it's crazy mm-hmm. but true so is there any other advice that you would want to share with the audience that maybe i didn't think to ask the right questions yeah let's think about that okay yes here's the one i always the tidbit i always like to leave people with and this is this is related to receiving actually nothing sometimes people will start to work with me and then they'll say you won't you i couldn't believe it first of all i couldn't believe it believe it it's happening okay i couldn't believe it just out of the blue i was talking with a friend and she said oh, I totally know somebody that needs a new whatever you sell. And you're like, that was just out of the blue. And I just want everybody to know that nothing is out of the blue, that you are creating it and your intention in creating it will make it happen. So it's very important to own what is occurring. And that is receiving. When you say, I don't believe it, what you're really saying is, I'm not receiving this. That's what you're really saying because it is actually happening. I had a client once who's um, unfortunately her husband passed away and she she literally received a million dollar check for because it was a situation where that was there was um, a life insurance thing that occurred and she accidentally recycled it. (laughs) She found it again. Everybody just, she found it. But the conversation we had about that was she couldn't believe it. It was like, it was unreal to her. So it wasn't, um, actually we had to work on receiving that, you know, horribly, tragically this had occurred, but this was what he had set up for his, you know, wife and family and it was available to her. And it was really about receiving it. And that was a, that was very difficult. So it's kind of a, a dramatic story. As I like to say, cancel, cancel, nothing like that is going to happen for us, but we are, what you are, um, what is occurring is happening. Believe it, all that beautiful, good things that are, are coming your way because you're putting that intention out is going right. to be because of who you are. Right. 
I think my final thought on that too, is when it goes back to the giving, it's being like authentic in terms of wanting to share resources, not like, well, I'm going to do this just so it comes back to me. It's really just wanting to help other people. And then, like you said, in the long run, you know, things can come back to you, but it's not doing it with the expectation that you're going to get something from it. That's right. Just that's what giving wholeheartedly is. It's just Mm -hmm. give to give. It's all part of the same energetic exchange and it's, Mm -hmm. it's the way of contributing. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. So we're getting close to the end of the show, but I know you have an offer that you would like to share. So why don't you tell our listeners what that is and how they can access it? Yes, thank you so much. So as I mentioned uh, several times, I am a business coach and I do have a free business strategy session that you can go on my website, lizwolfcoaching.com. That's wolf with an E. And you can sign up right on my website. Uh, If you have any questions about asking, giving and receiving, or you want support around that, I absolutely will uh, love to have a conversation with you and it's free and I'm available to you. Perfect. So if we have anyone interested in reaching out to you, how can they connect with you? So my website, lizwolfcoaching.com forward slash contact. That's all my contact information. You can sign up for that call right there on that page. I also have other free resources on my website as well, but that's a great place to start. Perfect. Well, thank you, Liz, for being a guest on my show and sharing your wisdom. I really appreciate your taking the time to chat with me today. Yes, I appreciate it too. Thank you. And thank you to all your listeners and um, go do it. Ask, ask for what <laughs> you want. Right. Start, start there. Perfect. So I do want to thank the listeners also for tuning in. I hope you found this topic interesting and that it answered some of your questions regarding the three keys to an abundant business. Ask powerfully give wholeheartedly and receive graciously. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Liz at the link she shared or send us a message at media at abandp.com. And would you please share our show with those you know? I'd greatly appreciate your support. I hope you can join us for next week's topic, three easy steps from clutter to cash flow. And please remember you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, and my website is abandp.com. You can find the podcast posted on multiple favorite podcast platforms, including Google, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week. Thank you for listening to Biz Help For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday. Have a terrific week.